0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your off-season home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us at BleedCubbyBlue.com, and we blast each episode and related content from our Twitter, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. And occasionally uh, about baseball at Baseball Prospectus, although there's no more short relief, and I'm sad about it, which is more a bummer because I loved short relief and I liked writing those short little prose pieces. But um, there will still be Sarah Baseball Prospectus pieces in the future. So Aww, that's it'll be okay. No, I, I mean, it is what it is. I've been like, they've been doing this whole thing all week where they're like, it's the last week of short relief and it makes me kind of sad. Um, but it, it'll be okay. It, it'll be, it'll be okay.
1: Well, on that note, guys, hi, Andy Cruz Bianasec, and I officially forgot how to log into our recording software. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You know what's so funny about that? When I logged on, I like it it didn't remember my password or whatever. And I was like, what was the password? <laughs> and you know, they make you do that thing where you have to have like so many characters and so many whatevers and So I always forget, like, exactly
1: where I placed them. I was really worried I was going to be late. I was just happy that I remembered how to get there. And (laughs) then my password was saved. Because had it not been saved, this would have been an issue. And I'd still be struggling to get in. So it's been a minute. But I am so happy to be back. I know Sarah is, too. And I am so excited about recording tonight.
0: Yeah, it's going to be outstanding. I'm super stoked about recording, too. Let's just jump right into it. I mean... We took a little bit of time after CubsCon, the live podcast that we did with Ivy Envy and the Sunranto Show, and there's been news, people. We have actual Cubs news to talk about, which is so crazy. Um, so let's just start with the biggest news, which is that Nicholas Castellanos and Pedro Strope are both officially Cincinnati Reds, which, okay. So I don't hate the Reds. This could be so much worse. They could be like Cardinals or something. Um, but also I'm going to kind of need the Reds to stop taking all my favorite Cubs.
1: (laughs) I have so many mixed feelings on this. Like I, yeah, I've never hated the Reds. I've never hated the Reds. I've never had an issue with the Reds. I kind of feel like they might be my second favorite team. And I know that seems really bad because they're in our division and on paper, they are really scary to me right now. And two of my absolute favorites will be wearing their uniform this season. And I am just having a really hard time with this. I um, am kind of, I I'm glad I don't know any Reds fans because I feel like they're probably enjoying us cringing so much at this. And I don't, I, I don't need any help feeling worse about this off season. I'm not going to lie so i have one friend who is a reds fan and she's
0: like the other girl in our fantasy baseball league and both of us like always get a kick out of the fact that we do well in that league (laughs) um but she we've never like really trash talked each other even a little bit it's just like we're both big baseball fans we both like watching the game we've never really been in a position where the cubs and reds were both good at the same time and it felt like there was a rivalry or something there. I mean, I guess there were those, like, that weird, like, Javi, Amir Garrett thing. And then there was that moment where Araldus Chapman, like, upset Anthony Rizzo because Araldus Chapman was being a jerk. And Rizzo kind of cemented himself in all of our hearts as, like, Mr. Cub, part two. Um, but, yeah, we never fight about this. Like, it's just not a rivalry that has, like, it, it doesn't have that same level of, Vitriol, you know, that the Cardinals rivalry has or even that the Pesky Brewers thing has had recently. So this is going to be really interesting to me and I'm going to be sad about it. I think we should talk about Nicolas Cassiano's first. Um he okay, so first of all, ladies, don't worry, he's still not buttoning his shirt all the way. The gold chain is still like perfectly visible, which I very much appreciated. Um the the most interesting thing about this deal to me is that he has an opt out after 1 year and dare a girl dream is that opt out there so he can come back when the cubs decide to spend money again maybe
1: i mean i feel like the opt-out is there just for me i feel like he did that for me like we we have to make sure that andy is happy (laughs) and after a year and there's a possibility he could come back i mean seriously it's it's like dangling the carrot out there like i'm already devastated that he is not a cub and not quite sure what is happening um, why we couldn't make somebody who wanted so desperately to be a Cub, you know, why we couldn't make that work. Especially after all the small signings that we did, I feel like it could have, it, it had a little bit of traction, but I get it. It is what it is. And yeah, that one-year opt-out is definitely there to, I mean, if he has a full season of performance, like he did the second half of last season, can you imagine the options that will be out there for him? I mean, he will... And and who knows, the Reds may not be a contender like they think they will be after they've put together this great on-paper team. And, you know, the kind of competitor he is, he's going to want to go play for somebody that is winning, that is a playoff-caliber team. And if the Reds aren't that team, then yeah, and he plays well, he's going to have a lot of options. So, yeah, of course, this girl is going to dream, too, the whole season about Nicholas Castellanos back in a Cubs uniform.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am very much interested in well obviously his price would be higher if he decided to exercise the opt out so we got to think about that but I would very much be interested in the Cubs plus Nicholas Castellanos part two (laughs)
1: um yeah and you know I kind of feel like it might be one of those things like you don't know what you had until it's gone type thing so maybe we'll just see the kind of energy that the Cubs have or don't have this season and if they feel like it's um it's somebody that we need to revisit because I tell you, and I don't know, I know I feel this way and I don't know how front the front office feels. I've never heard any, any comments on it, but you know, there was always something missing after we let De- Dexter Fowler walk. So totally. you have to wonder if they were kind of kicking themselves after that. Like maybe we should have just tried a little bit harder to resign him. So if that's the case, if that's a feeling that they had, and that energy is lacking that, you know, drive is lacking. It Maybe that's something that they look at and they say, we can't let that happen to us a second time. If he's available and he wants to come back, we need to get it done. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the team chemistry is like this year
0: with David Ross back in the clubhouse, admittedly in a very different role, but you know, Nicholas Cassianos had such a big impact on the team while he was here his energy was outstanding. I will never forget that clip of him and Chris Bryant in, like, Moana shirts <laughs> doing uh, yeah. interviews. It was one of my favorite things. He was only here for 51 games, and I feel like I have as many great Castiano
1: stories as I have about half of the team. Like... <laughs> You know, I don't know how much we're going to talk about Cubs con tonight, but um, that was one thing that I kind of mentioned um, on our live podcast that we did, but when the blip of him came on, they did kind of a highlight reel at the end of opening ceremonies and they kind of went over um, every player and some of the highlights of this season and highlights of, you know, specific players. And I kept saying, you know, where's Nick? Where's Nick? Like, why is he not on this more? And I understand that he was only with us for a little less than half a season, but I felt like a lot of what he did should have been included on that highlight reel. And he did end up appearing on it, but it was just for a split second. And it was a little disappointing to me because I feel like his energy and his enthusiasm and his desire to, to be a cub and to play for this team and, and play at Wrigley field definitely deserved and warranted more than what he got. And it, that was a little disappointing, but um definitely it was it, it was uh nice to see him on that highlight reel even just a little bit
0: well and it's funny that you bring that up I was going to talk about Cubs kind of a little bit later but we can totally talk about it now I so I noticed that too and I sort of expected it I was surprised he made the highlight reel at all because they're usually pretty deliberate about putting players on that who they who are going to be there the next year and putting players on there that are going to get fans jazzed up so one of the things that was notable to me about their hype video in 2019 was the absence of addison russell uh because he was still on the roster but he was suspended and clearly they just wanted no part of him being part of their hype video um and i thought that was really i thought that was an interesting editorial decision i thought it was the right editorial decision but so for them to include nicholas castellanos who was not going to be On the roster, at at, at all likelihood, at that point in time. I mean, you could sort of see the writing on the wall. I thought was interesting, and you know, the fans really reacted to that, right? Like the whole crowd was so excited to see him
1: in that video, even for a split second. I would be honest; I didn't hear anybody but myself because I was screaming (laughs) so loud. I, I heard I, all of you <laughs> i have no Andy in my in my ear <laughs> I, have <laughs> no <idea>. Cubs fans. <laughs> I have no idea what anybody else was doing all i could hear was myself screaming and jumping up and down that's all i know oh it my was, lord i definitely know there was um and we ironically sat near some friends and um not intentionally but it was nice that it happened that way and um, Yeah, her and her group of of girls behind us were definitely screaming for Nicholas too. So that was it's just one of those things that you know you want so desperately for something to happen. You know you have no control over it, but it's still you know I hear this all the time from people, whether it's in person or you know on social media, that I'm a very passionate fan, and that's obvious. Obviously, I mean you you hear it in and everything I talk about. So I do tend to get a little bit emotional about players that I love, but. I understand the difference between real life and sports life and sports life is my escape. Nothing is, you know, earth shattering in sports life. Yes. There's some things that, you know, can, it can obviously make you feel a certain way have certain real life feelings, but I understand the divide. I understand the difference. So while I was heartbroken and, and really upset that, Nicholas Cassianos was not going to be a Cub this year. I understand it's not real life. Like it's, you know, it's a game. It's a sport. It's not, I'm not actually sitting at home bawling my eyes out. I did miss up a little bit. I'm not going to lie because I love that gold chain with that unbuttoned shirt. That is just a beautiful sight to see. But I was not like devastated. Like I did not get out of bed for three days or something like that. Right. I'm going to be okay, guys. I promise.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be okay too. It was... it it was it was still a little sad I actually used my last piece at short relief to say goodbye to Castellanos well and it was also you you know sort of my way of saying goodbye to how much fun it was to write for short relief and y'all can check that out if you want to um it's on my twitter but the it was he was just such a good fit here for the short time he was here and whenever you have those things that fit even if it's briefly right like I think it's important to just take a second and recognize them there are so many just perfect moments that we get in life and it's always fun to see those and to see people take advantage of them and I, I will miss him in a Cubs uniform I will be glad to see him come back and take a huge ovation in a Reds uniform I really hope that you can you can get all of your runs and all of your do all of your damage and do all your good things against the Cardinals there
1: Castellanos Um, amen to that. And I will be (laughs) at the game when the first time the Reds are in St. Louis and I don't know what you are doing, but me and my girlfriends from Wisconsin are talking about going to Cincinnati when the Cubs play there. So there is always that idea. We'll, we'll discuss that later, but I, I really would love to, to be able to, to cheer for them. And, um, and I will cheer for them when they come back to Wrigley or when they're in St. Louis or whatever. By them, I also mean the next person we'll be discussing, right? um, Nicholas Castellanos and Pedro Strope, who are both now Reds. Yeah, um, no, I'd love to do that. Great American Ballpark is on my
0: list of places that I haven't been, so we can touch base on that off off air. But yeah, I'm totally in for a Reds trip. Pedro Strope. Okay, Uh, number one, I'm going to be wearing my hat to the left forever for that man. I, there are very few Cubs who have had the same type of impact given their role on the team that Strope has had. He's just a force of personality and the six and a half years, that's how long it's been that he was on the team. He was one of the best relievers in the league for most of that time. He is certainly one of the best relievers in the history of the Cubs. And there are multiple pieces on this. Al has written one. Leacher Nation has one. Fairly certain Cubs Insider has another one um i wrote a piece in 2018 that i retweeted today uh about the wild card game against the rockies and and this is my all-time pedro strope forever moment i people may forget this but you know pedro strope hurt his hamstring while he was running the bases in uh washington dc in a makeup game late in 2018 and he nobody really expected him to be available for the wild card game roster and when he showed up on it I just had this hunch I was like oh wow that's such a strong magical thing he doesn't even have to pitch if he if he's just beat there and like healthy that'll be such a boost and you know obviously that game didn't work out the way that we wanted it to but when Pedro strope came on to face the Rockies and managed to get through Nolan Arenado and Ian Desmond and somebody I am blanking on on 16 pitches and just like you know, did that classic Pedro strope celebration at the end. I was just sure. I was sure that the baseball gods were smiling on us and the Cubs were going to go on a run and everything was going to be great. And then the next day it came out that if um, the Cubs had won that game, Pedro Strope was not going to be on the division roster because his hamstring was so hurt. He was pitching through, I believe the exact quote was he was pitching through severe pain and it just tells you a lot about the type of competitor he is, that he had that kind of performance against that part of the lineup in that situation, pitching through severe pain. And look, I, I know he didn't have a great 2019. I think even with his 2019, he's one of the best relievers in Cubs history. But there's something really special about Pedro Strope. I'm going to miss him. I hope he comes back as a coach someday. One of my favorites of the last decade, for sure.
1: Well, I will say that um, he's one of those guys that um, I think at um, CubsCon or it was a video I've just seen recently that players were asked um, about their teammates, like who is the best dressed, who takes the longest to get ready, blah, blah, blah. So one, one that they were asked about was who is the, who is the nicest or who is the, the most liked? And Pedro Strope was, like, almost unanimous um, as the guy that they all said that he was the most liked, um, the nicest teammate that they had. And, I mean, I don't know how many of you have gotten to see his smiles over the year, but go and look them up. Because his smile, I feel like, just radiates. Like, it's one of those, like you know, lights up a room smile. And I will, I will really miss that. I will, I'm not, I mean, really miss that. That was something that like, you just saw like the little kid in him when that smile came out. And it was it's such a joy because he had this confidence about him that was so like, it made you feel like unstoppable. Like, you know, when he came out there, he had this, this air about him and this confidence on the mound that was just, it was so reassuring. It just felt really good. And you're like, this guy, if he's coming out and he's got his stuff, like it's a shutdown inning. And, you know, I just, gosh, that that was one person I really wanted to see at the Cub at Cubs con. I felt like he, you know, his personality was one that I really wanted to to be in the same room with and and kind of get a flavor in person for myself and, you know, I I was sad that that wasn't the case. And I was really hoping that the Cubs would do right by him and sign him at least for another year. But I have heard a lot of um, talk about um, not just Cubs people, but people among baseball that he will end up back with the Cubs in some capacity when his pitching career is over. So really hoping that is true. And he does um, end up um on the coaching staff or somebody that has you know is back in in a cubs uniform of some sort and i do wish him all the luck and i hope that he shuts down the cardinals and i hope he makes the brewers look silly but when he's playing the cubs you know he's in another uniform so unfortunately you know i it, it's we're still uh, quietly i'll be hoping that he does well because you want to see players like him do well but not against the cubs necessarily so um he'll be somebody that I always love. Like I definitely, he's, he's somebody that's always had my respect and he had a rough season last year. Yeah, he, he did. And people like to talk a whole lot of crap about how he went out with the Cubs, but they don't remember, you know, the previous five seasons before that where, you know, he was one of the best. So I choose to remember the good, the good side of him and, and not, you know, the last season that he struggled a little bit. And I'm, I'm really going to miss that guy in a Cubs uniform.
0: I am too. And if you are looking for Pedro Strope smiles, uh, you should follow his Instagram. He posts them there a lot. And it's a great follow. He actually posted a couple of hours ago, a really nice thank you message to the Chicago Cubs, the fans to his former teammates um, it's got some reactions from Ian Hap and Victor Caratini and some other people. I highly, highly recommend you go check that out. And also, you know, take some time and peruse some of his funnier moments in the in the gifts. Uh, you know, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but Andy was kind enough to give me what is basically like a magnetic movable hologram gift that is one of my favorite things. It's actually on my fridge, and every time I open my fridge. I see the Pedro Strope anthony Rizzo stare down that happened in 2017, and I love it so much. Um, but it wasn't just that. There's this great moment last year where him and Schwarber did this little dance after a Schwarber home run. There's some really great reactions between him and Javi. There's that moment he kind of peeks out of the bullpen and says, okay, with just like this wicked grin on his face. I Pedro Strope forever. Hats left forever, man.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and like I said, I cannot wait to see the reaction of Wrigley when he comes back um, in a Reds uniform. I just uh, between him and Castellanos, I just think that's going to be a really special day at Wrigley for those two guys. And I, I really hope that people appreciate them the way that they should when, when that happens, because it, you know, they're both really special players and, um, unfortunately, they're going to play for a division foe. So we'll, we will see them at Ridley quite a bit. We'll see them throughout the season quite a bit. So I wish them success against everybody but the Cubs. 100% same.
0: Um, speaking of more Cubs news, let's quickly talk about Chris Bryant's grievance before we go to break. Um, okay, so Chris Bryant's grievance is finally settled, y'all, which is wild. And we're going to talk about how long that took in a second. Um, the actual decision has not come out yet. It comes out next week, but I believe it was Jeff Passan reporting earlier this week that the grievance has been settled. He it has been settled in favor of the Cubs, not in favor of Chris Bryant, which means that what all of us have been expecting since the day the grievance was filed in 2015, which is that the Cubs would win that and that uh, Chris Bryant would not get credited with a year of service time. 2015 despite the fact that he played like 150 games that year and the fact that the Cubs called him up like literally the day after the clock would have expired um he did not win that so the Cubs have two years of control left for Chris Bryant not one that's really important if they decide they want to trade him I do not think that there will be a block blockbuster trade involving Chris Bryant. Prior to the start of 2020, I do think it is possible that if the Cubs are out of contention at the trade deadline, you would see a deal like that. Um, Before I get into exactly how long and ridiculous it is that it took like almost five years to settle this grievance, Andy, what do you think of this
1: grievance stuff? I mean, it's exactly what I expected it to be. I just think that it's Major League kind of being jerks to the Chicago Cubs because I feel like it kind of held up their – their off season, and maybe not so much. Maybe it really didn't, and this was exactly the direction they thought it would go. Um, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised at how many Cubs fans I'm seeing on social media being upset with Chris. Like that, to me, just doesn't make sense. Um, I, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a situation where you have to look at it as he did this as a member of the union that he's a part of not necessarily as a ticked off player on the Chicago Cubs. And I think the business side of things, I think people forget the business side of things of baseball. Um, We want to believe that everyone is good and would play baseball for free and that sort of thing, but that's just not the case. That's not how it works. And especially when you're talking about who his agent is, it's just not going to work that way. So I really hope that people shift gears a little bit on him because if he is somebody that starts a season in a Chicago Cubs uniform, then we need to be be behind him as our third baseman or our left fielder or whatever he is. He, you know, he's, he's a Chicago Cub and regardless of what happened with this, you know, he lost the Cubs won. it's, it's over, it's done. So we need to move on and whatever the Cubs decide is the best way to go with him. Then that's what they decide. But if he's in a Cubs uniform, then he needs to be our rookie of the year, our MVP, our third baseman. He needs to be that guy to all of us. And we need to kind of get over the, the idea that he is this bad guy that doesn't actually want to play for the Chicago Cubs.
0: I 100% agree with all of that. And I think it's really important here. You know, if you read um, Cubs Insider blog that our friend Evan Altman runs, he talks a lot about this. He's written multiple pieces over the years about Chris Bryant and extensions and will he sign one with the Cubs and what would that extension need to look like and which rumors have been real and which ones have have not been real and how he feels about the grievance and everything else. You know, an element that people forget about here is that one of the reasons that baseball players have the contracts that they do and have some of the concessions that they have is that they have the strongest players union in sports, which is incredible and really important. Um, And Chris Bryant is the Cubs union rep. He is interested in making sure that the players are represented to the best of their ability at the next collective bargaining agreement, which happens at the end of this season. It would be irresponsible for him to not file a grievance given this type of issue as the player rep and as somebody who believes in the strength of the players union. And I think that it's admirable that he did that. Like we all sort of knew he was going to lose the rules are written in a way that would not help him, but there's never been a clearer case for service time manipulation. And if anybody was going to win that argument, it was going to be Chris Bryant. So I really appreciate that he put the case out there. I really appreciate that the work that the players union does. I think it's really important that the players union continues to be strong and continues to fight for the rights of players. I will say this. I think it is absolute nonsense that it took 1748 days for them to settle this (laughs) thing. If Chris (laughs) Bryant's grievance was a kid, We'd be shopping for kindergartens right now, people. (laughs) That kid would be four and a half years old. They filed it in the middle of April of 2015. (laughs) And it is like almost the 2020 season. It does not take that long to figure this out. What are you doing, Major League Baseball? Twiddling your thumbs? Like, who is this this arbiter? Like, what other things does he have going on? At this rate, I think it's going to take like 20 years for them to figure out about the other grievances that are out there like whether or not the reds and pirates and whoever else were tanking in 2017 were actually using their revenue sharing money appropriately or not i mean my god how long does it take
1: (laughs) uh shopping for kindergartens
0: we would like it's literally (laughs) the grievance would be like a preschooler we'd be trying to decide if that kid was going to a charter school or like you know,
1: enrolling them in our local public elementary school. I just, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely is something that we've, you know, people forgot that it even was filed, you know? So when this <laughs> came up, they have, did they not? Because at no, the they did. Season, You're right. When everybody was like, oh, that grievance is still out there. Like, wasn't that filed back in like 2015? Yeah, it was as a matter of fact, and it's still out there. So You know, it's just funny because, you know, we kind of marinated on it for a long time and people forgot it was out there. And now here we are being all stressed out and upset that, you know, it's over and he's he's supposedly mad or not mad or whatever, whatever the situation is. I mean, like Sarah said, it is it would have been completely irresponsible for him to not put that out there. I mean, now that he filed it and it's been decided upon, it is on record and it's something that they can use when they're putting together the new CBA. And that is something that is extremely important for the players unions, because whether you're somebody that feels like the players are overpaid or the owners are overpaid, that, that all comes into play when they, when they rewrite this, the CBA in this, in this next coming off season. So that needs to be addressed. And rules are out there for a reason, and whether or not they change that or they don't, there's always loopholes, there's always ways to work around it. Even when they change it, teams will figure out a way to work around it. But, again, in order for this to be treated fairly for both the players and the owners and the league, it has to be addressed. And it has there has to be some sort of representation out there that there was unfairness on either the part of the team, the league, the player, whatever and so you know chris did what he was supposed to do what he is supposed to do as a member of the union and as the the team rep he did what he was supposed to do so to think that he is angry or doesn't want to be a cub or is not going to play hard now because he's pissed is just it, it's ridiculous and you need to take a step back and think about the bigger picture of you know what exactly this means to both Chris and the Chicago Cubs and I think we're going to see that play out a little bit more over the next couple weeks but I really foresee even though there's been some very interesting things mentioned over the past 24 hours I really foresee Chris Bryant being a Cub for this season for the whole season of 2020.
0: Yeah we're going to get to some of those interesting things in just a second. I will say I, I get really frustrated with fans who are like Chris Bryant is not Trying. He's not a good fit. He's not a good teammate, whatever. He's clearly an outstanding teammate. He's an outstanding baseball player. The Cubs are very lucky to have him. I'm glad that they drafted him. I will be forever grateful to him for what he's done in a Cubs uniform. And it's just look, I think it is he's had two seasons, the last two seasons that were marred by injury that kept him from being an MVP contender but still made him one of the best third basemen in the game, right? So it's not like he's a bad player when he's hurt. He's like a almost all-star when he's hurt. Frankly, like, I'll take that deal all the time, right? He's like an exceptional top five player in baseball when he's healthy. Um, And I will say that if there is a contract extension out there to be had with Chris Bryant. I'm not sure that there is part of me thinks that the Cubs have decided they can only extend a handful of these guys. And they think that they probably think that extending Javi is more likely than extending Chris Bryant, given his connection to Boris and some other things. Um, But that doesn't mean that Chris Bryant doesn't want to be with the Cubs and that he wouldn't sign an extension. I mean, I would, I would challenge people to go back and read pieces from last year when Nolan Arenado signed his deal with the Rockies with Chris Bryant emphatically and enthusiastically talking about how he would sign a deal like that with the Cubs in a heartbeat. And I've always gotten the impression and I, I just have a hunch um, had some conversations with people. I've already shouted out Cubs insider a few times here, but Evan gets credit for this insight. I think that Chris Bryant is probably a better player when he is extended knows where he's going to be. And there aren't trade rumors circling around him all the time. I mean, I know I'm a better worker when I know what's going on in six months. So it seems logical to me that he would be too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Having that job security and being able to get comfortable where you're at. You know, I definitely, I I agree with you on that. Because if there's ever a time and I'm somebody that I'm always paranoid about things, And like, it finally, I've been at my job for almost five years. And I finally now am comfortable to the point where I feel like I have good job security. But there were days when I would go into work and I'd be like, you know, my boss would be like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, great. What did I do? You know what (laughs) I mean? Same, 100% same. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I have that hanging over me, when I have that feeling in my gut, I've never actually able to perform at peak level because I always have this feeling that I'm going to screw up. Something's going to go wrong. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to be in trouble. You know what I mean? So like yep. when, when Chris has a contract, a major contract, an, an extension that shows him that the Cubs believe in him and want him in their uniform for a very long time, what more job security would he need? You know, I mean, and obviously the terms of the contract would come into play there too, but it's just one of those things that, you know, you put that on paper, you make it official. He's somebody that is going to have, he's going to be able to relax. You know what I mean? It's going to be a weight off his shoulders and he's going to be able to relax and just play baseball. I mean, what do we know about Chris Bryant? Here's what
0: we know about Chris Bryant. He married his high school sweetheart. He likes to watch Disney movies. There's video of him like singing along to Frozen (laughs) with his then fiance, now wife. The man is like, he's a comfort person, right? Like, he clearly wants to like Netflix and chill. I'm sure who, and it may not be the Cubs. Some other team may wind up being the team that offers him a big contract if he hits free agency. But I guarantee that he's going to be the type of guy that's going to look better after a big contract is signed and he knows where he's going to be for a few years as opposed to the constant, I don't know. Is he really a fit here? Is he clutch? I don't know. Will he get a contract
1: extension? Should they trade him? What would the trade return be? (laughs) That would drive me nuts. Well, and this is such a good time for the Cubs to pounce on this because they're expecting their first child. And just speaking from experience, I wanted nothing to do with moving or any major life decision when I had my first child coming into the world. I wanted to be set where I was going to be for a long time so I could focus and concentrate on being a parent for the first time. So this is a good time. He wants that security. He wants to know where he's going to be. They're not going to want to think about having to move a child all over the place within the first year of of that baby's life, you know? I mean, this is a good time in his personal life to to you know, play on the idea that he really likes having the security of knowing where he's going to be living with you know, and and that may not all be true because, you know, who knows Jessica and the baby may be in Vegas. I doubt it, but you never know. I mean, yeah, to be clear, this is Andy. This is like all Andy and I just like kind of spitballing based on what we know. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, this This is is not, we don't
0: have like sources or rumors or anything.
1: (laughs) I'm just totally thinking, you know, when I was having my first child, what the mentality was like, it was definitely like, you know, panic about real life stuff and not, I didn't want to worry about my job. I didn't want to worry about anything, but you know, how the heck I was going to manage having a child for the first couple months. And I'm telling you, even though his job is baseball, that might be a distraction. That might be a bit of a distraction for him. So to have that checked off the list would be easy. And I think the Cubs would be dumb to not try and, and at least discuss further an extension of some sort. I totally agree with that. We are running well over for our first
0: break, so we're going to take a quick break, but I think we have a few more Things to talk about with Chris Bryant on the flip side. However, first, a word from our sponsors. All right, Andy, what's the biggest rumor on Twitter
1: going for you with the Cubs these days? Oh, my gosh. I love this so much. And after you just heard the first part of my Chris Bryant rant and lay off of him, (laughs) Chris Bryant straight up for Nolan Arenado. Like straight up. This is insane to me. This is crazy. (laughs) Like I was reading, I I believe I was reading Al's piece on um, bleed cubby blue on this right before we jumped on. And this is something that happened back in the day in, in baseball, like teams would do, you know, star player for star player straight up, but it just seems crazy to me. Like, and here's the thing. I was somebody that used to argue the the fact that I thought Chris Bryant had the potential to be better defensively than Nolan Arenado yeah. The, fact, yeah the fact is he's not he's not he's not and it's just it's 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 too bad that's not the case but you know if they're if we're talking you know player for player straight up with the Rockies eating a little bit of salary I don't know that I disagree with that so I I guess the only thing I I disagree with
0: there because I I mean in terms of the deal itself KB's a slightly better hitter KB in Colorado would be stupid it would be totally insane um by insane I mean like stupid and insane good like I his OPS would probably be like 1600 or something I can't even imagine what Chris (laughs) Bryant would do if he got to play 81 games in Colorado um Nolan Arenado would be a defensive improvement in Chicago he would cost more average annual value than KB at least in 2020 not probably in 2021 and I'm not entirely sure his bat would play as well in 81 games at Wrigley as it does in 81 games in Colorado. He has the exact same like home away splits you would expect from a Rockies player across his career. I I don't remember the numbers exactly. I looked at it recently when the Arenado trade rumors started heating up, and I think he's his OPS is about 200 points higher in Colorado versus on the road. This is why I don't think this deal happens. The the whole logic of the trade Chris Bryant rumor, like the whole reason you would do that is you cut eighteen point five million dollars off the payroll, which which gets you under the competitive balance tax for twenty twenty and lets you reset so that you can go in and spend a lot of money in twenty twenty one. It also gets you hopefully a couple of starting pitching arms that are top one hundred prospects plus. A second baseman or center fielder who can lead off and is a ready to go, like two ish war player. If you trade Chris Bryant for Nolan Arenado, you don't lose the salary because even if the Rockies take on part of Nolan Arenado's salary, it will still be about what you were going to pay KB. And you don't restock the farm system. So the entire reason you were going to trade KB in the first place is gone. <laughs> it's like you're just swapping third baseman for, I, I don't even know why, like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, I, I guess you could try to flip Nolan Arenado's contract later, but I don't know. I, I feel like this is getting a little too complicated and too cute by half. Like if you're going to trade Chris Bryant, you do it to drop the salary for 2020, reset the tax, and restock your farm system. Trading for Arenado does none of that. I understand that Nolan Arenado is unhappy in Colorado right now and, like, has basically been out publicly requesting a trade, like, as close to that as you can do as a player these days. But I don't think there's a fit with the Cubs.
1: Well, not only requesting a trade, but what, from what I understand, he's actually saying that he wants to play for the Cubs, like, he is. specifically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nolan Arenado is, like, all, like just doing his own thing, y'all. It's, <laughs> like, totally out there, just. He's he's angry. <laughs> so I go back and forth on this quite a bit because, yeah, it seems, you know, to the naked eye and just kind of, you know, as a casual baseball fan, it would seem really silly to switch the two just to trade the two. But I think what comes into play a little bit in this situation is if truly if if the rumors because they are rumors at this point that Chris Bryant is a little distraught or has any sort of negativity towards the Chicago Cubs for what went down or how his whole this whole offseason is going down then it might make sense for a change of scenery that might make sense for him um, obviously we know the situation with Arenado. he wants a change of scenery and he's specifically asking for the Cubs so um or specifically saying that he would play for the Cubs so i don't know i mean yeah it it, it seems a bit far fetched to me and it a bit um anti productive um, there doesn't really seem to be much there in terms of, you know, getting back what we actually need. Um, so I don't know. It, 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 it's definitely a rumor that's out there. I mean, if you live under a rock, then you probably haven't heard. But it's something that people have kind of run with, and I, I enjoy seeing the different sides of it and the, the perspective on it. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. I really see. Chris Bryant being a Cub opening day and and through the 2020 season.
0: All right, people. You're gonna have to let us know on Twitter what you think of Bryant for arenado straight up, because we have lots of thoughts here. Uh additionally, beyond the players the Cubs have lost, the Chris Bryant grievance and trade rumors, the Cubs have actually made some major league deals, people. And I am like, I can't believe it took till January, but you know, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> um Let's talk about these. So the first one, look, we should have just like titled this whole section High Upside question mark. Like that should basically be the motto for 2020. I know it's something else and it has something to do with like the TV station and I already forgot what it is, but the motto should actually be High Upside. Um, Jeremy (laughs) Jeffress, Jeffress, not Jeffries or Jeffers. I say this mainly because I misspell it all the time. I cannot remember how to spell this dude's name for my life uh is now a cub you may remember him from his time with the brewers where he used to be kind of like a closer material type of guy and then became like a whoa that dude can barely pitch anymore type of guy he fought through some injuries got dfa'd he's in our bullpen now as far as i can tell this is a gamble to see if he can be like a kinsler C Sheckian in type i don't know what do you think of jeremy jeffress
1: I mean, when he was pitching against us, I hated, I hated, I feel like how good he did against us. I feel like he was one of, um, he was part of a, a Milwaukee bullpen that was just always shut us down. Um, yeah. He struggled quite a bit last year. And um, I guess that was probably due to his injuries, but it, it was, it's one of those things where, um, and we sound like a broken record this off season where it, it's kind of, um, low risk, high reward. If it, if it works out that way, I just don't know. I mean, I'm looking at on baseball reference at his projection numbers for 2020 and I mean, they look decent, but is this really what's going to happen? Is this the way that he's trending? I mean, who's to say, um, it, it kind of, it kind of is a big question mark for me, why they would go ahead and sign someone like Jeffress and not pursue going after Pedro stroke for another year. Cause their numbers are pretty comparable. So I think that
0: the I, I was looking at that earlier too. I, I think there are two reasons why you would go for Jeffers over Strope. One is that I mean he he probably cost less to the Cubs, um, mainly because he had been DFA'd. It's a lower cost contract. The Cubs making a deal with Strope, they would have had to outbid somebody. So he not probably like definitely has a contract that is worth less than Pedro Strope, but also. I think Pedro Strope would have had to sign four more to sign again with the Cubs. Um Jeffress's 2019 looks so weirdly anomalous to me given the string, like just an absolute string of two-point ERAs that goes back to 2014. And I mean, he had an exceptional 2018 where he had a 1.29 ERA and overperformed his FIP and XFIP quite a bit. The thing that's interesting to me about his 2019 is it looks like he got a bit unlucky. His ERA was 5.02. His FIP was 3.96. 3.96 isn't actually (laughs) that much better than what he did um, earlier in his career. But it does, you know, indicate to me that some of that was bad luck. I I don't know. I'm intrigued by this. It, I don't see like a huge walk problem. It doesn't look like he got totally lit up, even with the home run surge. He actually gave up more home runs in 2017 per nine than he did in 2019. I like it as a chance, you know, if you DFA him in May or whatever, because he's still the
1: 5.02 guy, then you DFA him and it's not that much money. Oh, sure. And just to, just to say, I know you touched on how good is 2018. He was also an all-star that, that year, which is, I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good um, considering. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, he's definitely somebody that I'd like to give a chance to and, and, you know, hope that it works out. You know, like I said, when he was a competitor and he was, you know, throwing the good, good stuff that he had, I hated having to face him as a Cubs fan. So hopefully that translates into something well for us in 2020 right
0: it's one year it's a $850,000 deal which is about a million dollars less than what Pedro Strope signed for Pedro Strope actually has some incentives that would take him up to the three million dollar range I believe if I read that correctly yes so welcome to the Cubs Jeremy Jeffress and I'm gonna try really hard to remember how to spell your name I make no promises um (laughs) Speaking of high upside guys, the other major league contract that has happened since the last time we talked is Steven Souza Jr. Who is another really intriguing coming off an injury uh, type of guy. He was a outfielder with the diamondbacks who um, kind of underperformed what people thought he was going to do in 2018. He had a really great season with the Tampa Bay Rays in 2017. And then last spring training, Basically, blew out his knee on a freak accident when he hyperextended his uh, knee running um, on home plate, and missed the entirety of 2019. Uh, he's now a Cub, and he's you know projects to be a basically league average bat. He's a slightly better hitter against lefties than uh, some of the Cubs pitcher or Cubs outfielders who have struggled against. Lefty, so that gives him some platoon potential. He is not a Nicholas Castellanos. But when he's healthy, he's had some pretty solid performances. I mean, I was really impressed. His 2017 with the Tampa Bay Rays had a WRC plus of 121. He hit 30 home runs. That would play at Wrigley Field for sure. I, I don't know. It's the only season he has like that in his record. So He may not be able to do it again, but it's worth, it's worth taking a flyer on and he doesn't cost that much
1: money. Yeah, definitely. And somebody like him, who, you know, has the potential to have power there with his home run numbers in 2017. I mean, if he's really looking to make a comeback and and be the player that he was back then Wrigley field is probably one of the best places to do it. um, Because of the smaller dimensions of the park, somebody that's hitting 30 home runs in a, in a home park, like, Tampa Bay, you know, Wrigley Field is is probably going to work out a lot better for him. So, I mean, definitely have the opportunity for some playing time and to hopefully make a little bit of a comeback, you know, after a not so great 2018 and then 2019 basically rehabbing his knee. So, I'm interested to see how this plays out and where he gets the majority of his playing time. I'm guessing he, he'll stay in right field. Um I guess somebody coming off of a knee injury, you're not going to want to put him in center too much, and it, you know, his primary position is right field, so it'll be nice to to have an option out there, and we'll just kind of see how this goes. But, you know, it, I'm just happy that we made major league deals. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at this point in time, I'm struggling to say too many positive things about this gentleman, other than the fact that he was our second major league deal this year. <laughs>
0: I mean honestly when when this got announced I was on my phone I was away from my computer and I couldn't find like the red flashing alarm light. emoji. I really wanted to like post a red flashing emoji oh my gosh there's a major league deal I it has been such weird and like anticlimactic offseason for this team and it's You know, I see it on Cubs Twitter all the time as we're, like, talking to our friends and seeing their reactions to things. And so many of us are just kind of, I don't know, like, tired, a little sarcastic. Like, we still love our guys. And don't get me wrong, y'all. I am so excited that Wilson Contreras is still a Cub. Like, I wake up every day and just say, yes, Wilson Contreras is still a Cub. It's going to be okay. But it would have been nice for them to do something it's like, uh, like, yeah. it's like that clip where you like poke something with the stick. You're like, do something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, can I just, just as a, a frame of reference, because of course all you lovely people that listen to us know I live in St. Louis, but um, I received a message from a friend the other day, who is a Cardinals fan. And actually it was, uh, it was a, a tweet that was in response to something I posted. And he said, welcome to the snail race. That is the NL central. And all I could think to myself is, Okay, yes, we may have only signed two Major League deals with guys that we are crossing our fingers will be effective in some way, shape, or form. But I believe the Cardinals have signed zero major league deals. Well, but they made that trade for Libertor, and that's
0: a big deal trade. That's like a you know what I mean? Like you're you are right that the Cardinals have not been out there signing a bunch of free agents, but they also.
1: Okay. That was a big deal trade. Let me let me put myself in the shoes of um, the BFIB and that <laughs> actually would mean nothing to them in the grand scheme of things. How? Like they want, they want more. They well. want more. They want that big name. They have holes that have not been filled. There's no Ozuna is not coming back. They don't they just they have they need more. They need more. They're insufferable. That's just the way it is. And I can't. I mean, say they do need an outfielder.
0: I'll I, give them that. They
1: definitely do. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. But I'm saying they're and they the lost thing. Jose Martinez's bat. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. It, it's it's the the fan base is somebody is a lot like us in the sense that to feel like it. I I'm generalizing here, obviously. To feel like something was done, they need that big name player. They need that blockbuster. ESPN alert player like that's what they need and they're not having that and you know I'm sure that anybody that's done their research is very happy with that trade but um having not signed anybody when you know I mean the Reds are going to town the Reds are making us all look silly and and here the Cubs you know like I said hopes and dreams here with our two signings and and then the hopes and dreams <laughs> the, Card- the cardinals i'm like you know i mean it, it could always be worse you guys it could be the brewers who have lost pretty much everybody <laughs> and have not done anything
0: yeah the brewer I-, I was actually just about to mention that so i'm currently looking at the nl central stats on fan graphs and and one of the things that Because of the way the season ended last year, which was so colossally disappointing with that losing streak and the injuries to Rizzo and Chris Bryant and eventually Nicholas Castellanos, and it just felt like, really, is this how this is going to end? One of the things that's easy to forget is that the Cubs underperformed their projected win-loss record pretty substantially last year. I think it was six or seven games. But their run differential, which is what you can usually use to tell you how likely a team is to win over another team was 97. Like the Cardinals barely edged them out there last year with one Oh two. The Brewers had a run differential of three. That should be like a 500 ball club. The Reds had a run differential last year of negative 10. And admittedly, I like what the Reds have done this offseason. Adding Castellanos is huge. Adding Grandal is huge. I just, I don't know if it makes them like, does that add 90 runs to their offense?
1: <laughs> 90. That yeah, that's that's a large number.
0: That's I mean, if you think about what the Cubs have done with their offense, you know, they lost Castellanos, which is a big loss. He was huge for them for the 50 games he was here. However, they have a guy in Ian Hap, who was literally not on the team for the vast majority of 2019 for reasons I still don't understand. But if Hap is the guy that he was when he got called up for 2020, I mean, that is a Nicholas Castellanos caliber outfielder. Am I wrong? Uh, no. Is If Nico Horner is the guy that he was for September, instead of having Addison Russell there, I believe this Cubs team can have a run differential of 97 runs again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying they will. I'm, a lot has to go right for that to happen. I, this is sort of what I said in the live podcast that we recorded after CubsCon. But, like, if everything goes right, if you Darvish is ace, you Darvish, and if Chris Bryant is healthy, and if Javi Baez is healthy and plays a whole MVP caliber season, and if Wilson Contreras is the Wilson Contreras we saw in 2019, not the one we saw at the end of 2018. no, this team still looks pretty good to me. And I feel like what the Reds have done is to get themselves up to the level of what the Cubs did last year when they weren't playing very well. And I don't even know what to think about the Cardinals. I just try not to think about the Cardinals. Well,
1: and here's the thing that I keep thinking about because it's easy to go back to that place that we all were in as Cubs fans before 2015 where it was just hopelessness and like you... It, there were years, many, many seasons where we're like, please just let us have a representative at the all-star game, that sort of situation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, am I wrong? Like no, it, you're it, right. it, Seriously. So I kind of feel like while a lot of us are headed in that doom and gloom attitude, that, that feeling of that, you know, this team is not, um, this team is not going to quit. They're not going to roll over and die because we didn't do what we wanted to do this off season. These guys are playing for a new manager. And like I said, in that live podcast, I feel like you're going to see a new energy with these guys. There's going to be a new level of intensity. I think, and I'm very excited now. I know people have receipts on me, not wanting David Ross as the manager and I'm fine and good with that. (laughs) I have no control who, who becomes the manager of the Chicago Cubs, but I sure as heck can turn the attitude around and be supportive of who it is because obviously I can't, you know, rip that contract up. So I am actually very excited to see where he can take this team. That might be naive of me, but at the same time, I feel like what's the point of going back to 2014 when we have the people that we have on this roster? Like, look up and down the lineup. We still have Javi Baez probably and, and I may be wearing Cubs glasses here, but probably one of the most exciting players in baseball. You think no, that he is. he's I mean, you think he's gonna roll over and die because we didn't make a huge deal this offseason? Absolutely not. And what is he responsible for? He does so much for that team. I mean, by himself he creates opportunities on a basically an inning by inning basis, whether it's with his glove or with his bat. You know, so if you need to get excited about anything, go back and watch Javi Baez highlights from 2019. Go back and watch Wilson Contreras highlights from 2019. Because I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, there's there might be a couple holes in this lineup. There might be a couple holes that really could have been addressed better this offseason. And who knows? You know, we have guys that are ready to step up and fill those roles, maybe not the best in the league, but sure as heck are going to give it a college try and they're gonna be pretty darn competitive with the rest of the teams in our division. They're not, they're not done. I mean, just because we, you know, did not sign people that we wanted to sign or or people that aren't back in Cubs uniforms, yeah, there's there's gonna be, you know, a little less energy without a Nicholas Castellanos. But who's to say that David Ross doesn't bring that same energy out of everyone this year? You know? I mean, these kids, when they first got together, and I can call them kids because I'm a lot older than them when they first got together they had that energy and so i'm looking forward to seeing what can be brought out of them again because i don't think that you know this one and done thing with one world series and 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 that's it i don't think that everyone's okay with that the same mentality might not be there that desperation may not be there but to think that they don't want to do that again is just absurd and to think that they won't do everything they they can do to do that again is absurd. So I'm actually looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. And I think we might be surprised at how things go. You know, they had, there's so many doubters right now and so many people that are feeling kind of down on this team. And I'll admit there's days when I'm like, what the heck, what are we even going to watch this year? Like, what are we going to see out there? It's easy to feel that way when you think that they should be pulling the trigger on a lot of these, um, signings that could be happening but at the same time it's like we already have a roster that you know without even adding anything to it is talented than a lot of other on paper is more talented than a lot of other teams in, in the national league so you know if you have to keep your expectations low do it and then be surprised because I really think that this season is gonna it might may play out a little bit different than we think it will you know, I think that's a
0: perfect note for us to end on. It reminds me of one of my favorite obvious shirts, which I am still hoping will get made into a women's v neck at some point. If y'all are listening, obvious shirt. Hey, Joe. Which do. is the Wilson Contreras <laughs> line, the shirt that says, Don't believe me, just watch. I love that shirt. I love it because it's so Wilson. It's so this team. We will be watching, Cubs. We'll be watching to see what you can do. We believe in you. We, we're excited. It's 11 days until pitchers and catchers report. We are two podcasts away from talking about baseball people, like actual Cubs baseball that is being played in Arizona. And we're here for all of it. So stay tuned to Cup of Cubby Blue. You can find me at, at BCB Sarah. You can find Andy at, at BRYZ underscore blue. You can find both of us at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. And we believe you, Cubs, and we're watching. Bye.